All right. Hey, well, welcome this morning. You know, if you're just kind of joining in with us, uh, we are in a series called uh, Six Questions Every Church Should Ask, and this is the third of those. So the very first one that we did, the first week we talked about uh, who are we, which is really our identity. It's kind of a question about identity. Who are we? And then last week we talked a little bit about uh, um, why do we exist, which is our purpose. And both of those are really, really important. And today we talk about uh, what do we have to offer, which is kind of about resource. So if you're kind of just catching up or you haven't been here before, that's where we are and that's where we're going today. So we're kind of looking at, uh, at uh, what we have to offer in terms of uh, giftedness and how God made us and shaped us. And as I said, the series is kind of like two-tiered. So on the one hand, we're talking about kind of questions that the church needs to ask. At the same time, we're also asking ourselves those questions. What are those questions that I need to be asking myself about what God is speaking into my life as well? Hey, I don't know about you, but I've received some kind of strange gifts in my life along the way. And, uh, you know, some things are just sort of uh, strike you odd, out of the ordinary, a little bit bizarre. But I remember as a kid, we, we got together for like Christmas time with relatives, aunts and uncles and cousins and had some gift-giving stuff. And, uh, and my aunt gave me this gift and, uh, um, and it was one of these sort of glass cars. It was about this big and uh, it had like what would have been an old time car, an old fashioned car. Uh, and then uh, what would be like the spare tire at the back of the car was the, a rubber cap that, that you unscrewed, and uh, it was full of aftershave. Remember that? I mean, I don't know if you ever have you got anything like that as a kid, but I'm like, okay, my aunt, I'm like nine. <laughs> I'm like nine. I've got like, you know, 60 years worth of aftershave here for a nine-year-old kid that like Hasn't figured out what shaving's about anyway, but we get, you know, we get, we get weird gifts sometimes. And, and uh, when we think about gift giving ourselves, we, we sometimes will like, well, we want to be appropriate in what we give, don't we? We want to make sure that we've kind of done our check-off list of what would be an appropriate gift to give to somebody, or we also kind of question a little bit about um, maybe even the value of a gift, because we've all been in a situation where maybe somebody gave us a gift and we're going to give one back to them. They give us a gift. We open it up and it's like major over the top. You know, maybe it's like really, really, really nice. But our gift, we know that our gift is maybe very minimal. It's like, you know, paper clips or something. And we're, we're like, whoa, we got we to gotta do a little bit better than that. But so part of it is what's an appropriate gift and then kind of what's the scale of gift giving? Am I on kind of track? Am I kind of balancing the scales here with what I'm giving from what probably I will receive? There's a lot, of, there's some questions that go on in our mind about what's, what's appropriate and what would be the right kind of gift. But when it comes to God and giving gifts, he doesn't have any of those constraints. God doesn't have any of those constraints on his gift giving because he doesn't, he's not thinking about the appropriateness of gift or the value of a gift he just loves to give gifts. And he has a way of giving gifts into your life and into my life that fit who we are. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about God's kind of giving of gifts, his spiritual gifts, and why they're important to us. And you might say, well, I don't know, why should we even bother with that? I'm not all that concerned about gifts that God might have for me. I, I like receiving gifts, but I'm not all that concerned about it. But let me just give you about four benefits really quickly 
for receiving gifts from God. Number one uh, in receiving gifts from God is it, it reduces stress. You know, you might be about kind of um, comparing your life to other people. You might think, you know, you live in a comparison. Well, they have that, or why do they have that? I don't have that. And, and, but when we receive gifts from God, spiritual gifts from God, you know, they're given uniquely to us. It has nothing to do with the person sitting next to you. It's what God decides to put into your life and give to you. So that's one of those things, is it, it reduces stress in our life by comparing. We don't have to compare ourselves to other people because that's, that's not the point of it. That isn't the point at all. A second, a second benefit for us is that it increases success. Well, what is success? Well, success with God is really falling in line with God's design for you and for me. And when we receive the gifts that he has strategically placed into your life, we are successful because we've already received how God's designed us to be. We need to live into what that gift is, but God designed it. We'll, we'll be a success when we enact that gift. A third benefit is that it uh, deepens our satisfaction. God made us to experience with him a depth of satisfaction because we're living into the way he designed us. And when we live into the spiritual gifts he's given us, those were designed for us, so it's, we need to be satisfied. We become satisfied. We enjoy the gift because it's something that brings us joy because it fits our character, our personality, and who we are. And then the other is it builds self-esteem in us. It builds self-esteem. You know, there are a lot of people that don't like who they are. They don't like what they do. I read somewhere that 50% of people that are in jobs are not in the right job. It doesn't work. It doesn't fit them. They do it, but it doesn't fulfill them. And, and in this part, um, one of those benefits, it builds self-esteem because it's who we, we are created to be. So those are just some basic benefits as we go through. Maybe you're thinking, I'm not sure this is a talk for me, but maybe for you, this is a talk for you to open up a little bit and just allow God to speak into your life about the gifts that he's placed into your life along the way. So I want to talk about those things. You know, the moment, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you've said, you know what, I, I don't understand everything, but Jesus, I know that I want to place my future, I want to place my life in your hands, I want to surrender who I am, I want to admit my downfall, I want to grab onto, and, and I want to hold on to Jesus, I want to hold on to you, and I submit my life to you, and you say that, those kinds of things to Jesus, where you say, Jesus, I'm all in, I want you to be first in my life. If you've done that in your life, if you've done that in your life, God does three things immediately. God gives you three gifts immediately. Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're on the journey. That's great. I'm glad you're here. That's part of it. But maybe you're on the journey. You're just kind of discovering who Jesus is, who God is. That's great. And you want to learn. You want to keep coming and learning and start putting some pieces together. But, but if you have made that, when you've made that decision to allow Jesus to be number one in your life, ask him to be the Lord of your life, three gifts come into your life immediately. The first of those is this, three gifts God gives us in Jesus. The first is eternal life. The first is eternal life. Instantly, when you place your life into God's hands that way, you receive eternal life. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Eternal life. That part of your life is settled. Your eternal destiny is settled. When you trust Jesus, your, your eternal destiny is settled with God. You have eternal life. Here's the second gift, and that is the Holy Spirit. When you receive Jesus, God places his spirit into your life. 
In an incredible way, Jesus said, I'm going to send the Spirit into your life so that he'll be with you to guide you, direct you, be a comfort to you, be the one that gives you wisdom, be the one that helps you to understand what's going on, that will direct you and guide you in your life. He'll be an incredible resource in your life, the gift of the presence of God in your life. That's the Holy Spirit. The third thing that God gives you when you say yes to Jesus is he gives you a spiritual gift or spiritual gifts. He gives those gifts. Why? He gives those gifts because he loves to give them, but so that when we receive those gifts, God is able to not only transform your life, but to utilize your life through those gifts in building the church and in doing ministry in the world. So you have a world impact as soon as you say yes to Jesus when you allow his gifts to be at work in your life. There are a lot of different lists for gifts. And when we, we read those in 1 Corinthians 12, in Ephesians 4, in Romans 12, and so on, I don't think that those gifts are necessarily, that list is exhaustive. I think it's exemplary because there are gifts that are spoken of in the Old Testament that aren't a part of those lists. All of those lists, you know, combined give us a whole bunch of things. I want to read just a few of those to you today. And uh, as I do, I want you to think about two things. One is, you might be thinking as I read this list, you might be thinking of someone, if you've been a part of the church here at Hope for a while, as I read this, I read a couple of those, you might go, ah, that's so-and-so. I've seen that gift in them. When they do that, man, you could just see God using them. That's a powerful thing. But I also want you to think, as I read some of these, hey, that's me. That is a gift God's given me. Maybe you'll see that in yourself. So let me just read a couple of them off for you. But one is serving. And serving is a gift of God. Serving is being able to minister all kinds of different service opportunities to help other people, all kinds of things. But it's a, it's a way in which we, we meet practical needs of other people by serving. Another is teaching. That's the gift that involves kind of the analysis and proclamation of the word in such a way that when somebody's teaching you, you not only get information, but you get um, the power of God speaking into your life for transformation and change. It's when God's word comes alive in you. There are certain people when they teach, you go, wow, God was just speaking. I learned so much, etc." That's teaching. It might be encouraging. And that's, that's calling others to, to follow God closer in their faith, to encourage them in their journey, to lift them up. You know people around here, or people that you know, it might be you that just, you just love encouraging people. You like stepping right beside a person and being able to lift them up and, and encourage them on their walk. That's encouraging. Leadership are those people who are gifted to guide and direct us as leaders in the church. They're able to right, point us in the right direction and hear God's direction and purpose for the church and move us that way. That's leadership. Who are those people that do that? Mercy. Those are gifts of mercy. Those are the ones that come alongside of people and show compassion and care for others. And on and on and on those lists go. That's just, I just read you a few things that are on that list. But maybe you've thought, Boy, I've seen that in some people around here. Or maybe you've thought, wow, that is me. I do have some of those. So as we look at spiritual gifts today, I want us to just talk about, uh, secondly, the importance of my spiritual gifts, of knowing what they are. Why is it important for you and for me to know our spiritual gifts? Well, I think there's three reasons. I think there's three reasons that are really vital. Because to know them is to discover them and then to develop them, 
and then to use them. So let me walk through those a little bit with you. First, I think of the important things is um, my gifts show God's plan for my life. Your gifts show God's plan for your life. When When we start understanding what our gifts are, how God has given us, it begins to help us to answer some of those questions like, why am I the person I am? What is it that God wants me to focus on? How can I best serve him? How can God use me? How will God develop and strengthen the church through my life? Those kinds of questions begin to, begin to surface and be answered when we, when we start thinking through um, why God's given us gift, uh, why God's given us his gifts. And it begins to show very plainly our purpose for life. That's the way God is. That's the way he is. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6, we read, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works in them all. Did you catch that word different three separate times? Three times. Different kinds of spiritual gifts, different kinds of service, and different kinds of workings. That's because gifts are unique for us. Gifts are unique. It's important for us to know that they are unique and that they're working and that's important. It's important for us to know that we're necessary. Some years ago, there was a a musician that I really liked, a Christian musician. Played guitar, wrote songs. I really, really liked his music. Powerful guy, you know, sharing all over the place. Um, And then he was hired from one church. He got hired to another church. And he got hired to this other church. And it was a big church that he went to. And that church was was known as a teaching church. They had three teaching pastors on their staff that were all really very, very good. And it was kind of known in that whole region as, as a teaching church. And when you came there, man, you learned all kinds of stuff. But when this musician person came on their staff, he kind of, in some ways, sort of low-keyed his music, and he, he really wanted to be seen as a teaching pastor like the other ones on the staff. And I thought, wow, that's just discouraging to me because here's this person that is incredibly gifted in music and leading worship, but they sort of set that aside because they want to be a teaching person. But it wasn't their gift. And after a time, a person kind of rearranged their life and got back on track. But we can miss sometimes what our gifts are. But we're unique. We're created uniquely by God to live into those gifts, to live into those gifts. Anyway, the second thing is my gifts show my worth. Our gifts show our worth. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it says, all of you, all of you, all of you, get it? All of you. That means all of you. All of you. Um, all of you form the one body of Christ, and each one is a separate and necessary part of it. Necessary. If you're taking notes, circle that word necessary. Necessary. Turn to the person next to you and say, You're necessary. Say it to them again. You're necessary. Awesome. Awesome. You're necessary. That's because we're unique. We're valuable. No matter who we are in the body of Christ, in God's church, we're necessary. 
was thinking back to the time when I was like building toys for my kids when they were little, and I'd get like the box of stuff out, and I'd get all of the parts out on the floor, and, and I'd, have the, I'd have the directions out there, because usually I was lost pretty quickly, and I'd lay out everything like that, and all of a sudden I'd realize with something that I'd gotten that I was missing a couple of parts. And without those parts, I couldn't complete that project, because every part is necessary. Every part, we know what it's like to not have the necessary parts. It's not that different in God's church. Every part is necessary. Every part is valuable. And if you don't use your part, we get cheated. If I don't use my part, you get cheated. If you don't use your part and I don't use my part, people are getting cheated because God didn't design the body of Christ with unnecessary parts. And all of you are necessary. Amen? Amen? Amen. All of you are ne- I don't care what you do. I don't care what your gift is, what your gift mix is. You're necessary. God designed it that way. He thought about you. He knows you. He knows exactly how you're gifted because he put it into your life. You are necessary to God. Now today, when you came in, you got this little uh, where you're sitting. If you, if you didn't see it, it's on there, but pull that out with me, okay? Little envelope kind of a thing right here. Pretty cool, huh? How many people, the first thing they did when they came in is they opened up the envelope to see what was inside? Yeah, you're a lot of fun at Christmas. Okay, so here's the deal. So here's the deal. Um, what's in there? Yeah. Okay, a puzzle piece. I got to tell you, I'm not very good at puzzles. Really, I'm not very good. I got colorblind issues. I got all kinds of stuff. My wife loves puzzles. My wife will get a big table. I'm like, okay, at like a 24-piece thing. But I mean, she's got like the, you know, 8,000-piece deal out here on the thing. And, you know, she's got it all spread out. And uh, when, when you're going through it and looking at it, I can't figure out. And, you know, my family, they're working on it and they're figuring out stuff. I'm like one piece like this. I'm like, I'm good for one. And I'm like looking down at that thing for like 15 minutes. I can't figure anything out. I'm like trying to figure out. And just when I think that I'm about ready to either put it in or force it in, somebody else, you know, grabs it and puts it right where I was going to put it. Anybody like that with me? Okay, so how many people are just, how many people do this? Um, I'm, again, you know, it gets going, it gets going. I'm not that good at puzzles. So sometimes what I'll do is like, I'll go, I'll just take a couple of pieces, okay, and I'll just put them in my pocket, okay, because then as the puzzle gets going, right, what happens? Then as the puzzle kind of gets down to like it's crunch time, you're able to go, oh, no, hey, hey, I got that, and you're like, right, okay, how many men, men, yeah, okay, and Bruce and I have prayed about that, okay, anyway, so we know, but yeah, I mean, um, but we're all important. Every piece is important. But we know that like when the whole piece is getting put together, when the whole puzzle is starting to take form and the shape, boy, how discouraging it is at the very end when you're getting down to the end, you've worked so hard on it, and then there are a couple pieces missing. Remember that? You know what that's like? And you're just like, they're, they're missing. And you start looking all over the floor and underneath stuff and everything. But you want a what? You want a complete picture. You want to complete, but you want to complete. It isn't great to just like look at the puzzle and go, we did so great, but there's still three pieces out there. No, we want every single piece. Every single piece is vital to give us a clear picture of what God designed the church to be. Every single piece, no matter what shape, no matter what coloring, no matter what 
source it is, what size, it doesn't matter. Every piece is vital and necessary in that puzzle of what God is putting together. You and I are necessary. You and I are important. Our gifts show our worth. Each part is important. Here's a third part here. My gifts are the key or the source of fulfillment in life. You know, every, every human being wants to make a difference in life. When you use your spiritual gifts, the ones that God has given you, you're not only productive because you're doing something that God wants you to do, but you enjoy what you're doing because you're made that way. You and I are made to enjoy the gifts that God has given us. We will derive great joy, great fulfillment in life when we use our gifts. Sometimes that's a little bit hard to understand. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said in John 15, 8 and 11, he said this, this is how my father is glorified in your becoming fruitful, productive, and in being my disciples. I've told you this so that you can share my joy and that your joy may be complete. Real joy and fulfillment doesn't come from things as much as we may want to go after that stuff. It really comes from being fulfilled by being people of joy and being the people God made us to be. I know people who are frustrated and discouraged and and they drift aimlessly through life and they, they think that, well, maybe there's nothing, nothing really important in their existence that they could live for. Or maybe they've sort of given up a little bit on terms of the, the, having a significant impact on people around them. But nothing could be further from the truth with God. Because God's desire is for you to be fulfilled and live in a joyful arena with Him. And that happens when your gifts are a part of what God is doing. Nothing could be further from the truth than to think that like, you know, your book's filled out. There's nothing more for you. No, no. God's always looking ahead. He always knows what the next steps are. He can always take a person no matter where they are when they surrender to him and he'll move them deeper and he'll give them new significance and he'll have their life to be an impact for him. Ours, ours is to trust God with that. The older I get in Christ, the more I learn it's not so much about effort as it is about surrender. It's not so much about effort as it is about surrender. You know, when I surrender, effort takes care of itself. When I lack the ability or a willingness to surrender, walls go up, barriers get erected, I lack a certain potency for God. But when I surrender, when you and I surrender to God, windows open up, doors open up, vistas are wide open before us. Effort takes care of itself. What does God want me to do with my gift? It's a good one. Well, I think there are th kind of three things. Discover it, develop it, and use it. That's, that's it. But let me back up on that. Discover it. Discover, discovery is when the light goes on. The discovery is when, when all of a sudden it's like, uh, it's kind of, it's, those are the aha moments. Discovery is, aha, I get it. I didn't get it, but now I see it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, wow, finally it dawns on us. This works. This is okay. When we discover our gift, it's like that aha moment. Remember when you were learning how to ride a bike without training wheels 
And all of a sudden it worked and you went, I was like 16, but it was like, and it worked and you went, hey, I get it, it works. This is great. You discover that's an aha moment with spiritual gifts. Some people miss the aha moment. They don't discover. I don't know if you're like me, but Christmas time, I don't know why I'm talking about Christmas today so much, but Christmas time, maybe I'm excited about that, but Christmas time rolls around at our house, growing up and everything. We got the tree up, the whole deal, and, and uh, then Christmas is over, and you're tearing everything down and putting everything in boxes and all that kind of stuff, and you're, you know, hulking the tree and trying to move it off of there or pulling it apart or anything, and you know there's a thing that goes around the base of the tree. I don't know what that's called, an apron or something. I don't know what that is. What? Skirt. That's a good word. Okay, skirt. So like, we don't, we just like use an old sheet. But anyway, so we got the skirt around our tree. And I don't know if you're like me, you get everything put away and all the, you know, all of the ornaments and all that stuff, lights, everything, you get the tree, you're all looking at. You look down at the skirt and you look down at the, the, whatever that is right there. And there's a gift. Somehow it got underneath there and nobody opened it. We didn't even see it. And you're like, wow, there's a gift. And everybody comes over and looks at it, but nobody touches that gift. Nobody touches that gift. And, and you think, well, there, that's a great, that's a gift. Well, we'll just leave it there. And then the year goes by and it's still in your house and you've rearranged the furniture, but there's that gift. And a whole year goes by and you go, well, what should we do with that gift? A lot of people are like that with spiritual gifts. There's a gift. I see it. I know where it is, but I'm not opening it. I don't know whether we're afraid that there's something in there that's going to harm us or whatever, but when there comes a gift from God, one of the first things is to discover it. Aha, a gift. A lot of times we just look at the gift and we just let it sit there. But that isn't the way God designed the gifts. God designed to give the gift to you so that you'd have the gift to impact other people. So even though that gift might have your name on it, it's really not for you. You get to be the one that stewards the gift, but it's meant to pass it on. It's meant to pass it on. And so when you don't open your gift, there is a person or persons or a church out here that is waiting for what your gift is, but you didn't open a gift. So the first thing is the aha moment of discovery of the gift. That's the first part. The next is to develop the gift. And developing of gifts are uh, challenging sometimes for us. You know, when we first start doing something, we're not always great at it. You know what I'm talking about? I remember when I was like just in college, just out of high school, my church said, hey, why don't you take care of the junior high group for the summer? And I was like, okay, that sounds like a good idea. And, uh, and I really loved doing it, but I was like supposed to put Bible studies together every week and do that kind of stuff. And, and I had a great time doing it. Was I any good at it? Probably not. Um, were kids patient with me? Pretty much. But I go, you know what? That's like you're learning stuff as you go. When we first are starting to learn how to do something, we're not necessarily good at it, but we grow into some of those things. Or we discover that really is not me, and that's okay. Something else is me, and that's okay. But it's to discover it, then it's to develop it. We develop it a bit over time. We get better with it as we utilize it more and more. It's important for us to do that. And then the third thing is to use it. 
The third thing is to use our gift. You know, in, in track, I, I mean, I like track a lot. I was never very fast or anything like that, but I, I like to watch track meets on TV or the Olympics and that kind of stuff, you know, and I love like the races and people are all, you know, amazing. And there's like four by 400 races or it's where they're running around a complete, you know, the complete circle of the track and they're handing the baton to the next person and the next person until they're finally at the fourth person. And, you know, the whole thing on that. The whole thing on that four by four deal is you run as fast as you can, you've got the baton, and you hand the baton to the next person on your team that's gonna run the next leg, right? That, that's pretty, not, <laughs> it's pretty basic, not that difficult, right? You hand the baton, unless you're the final person that ends with the baton and hands it to the official. But your job when you got the baton is to run as hard as you can, as fast as you can. Your job is to hand the baton to the next person. If you end up and you're one of the people in the middle and you still have the baton, you didn't do a very good job on your, on your role, right? Am I right? Yeah, the rest of your team is going like, what are you doing? You know, I mean, so you, it's like your job is to hand the baton. And that's the way it is with spiritual gifts. God entrusts you with the baton, spiritual gift. God entrusts you with the baton, the spiritual gift, so that you would pass the baton on, that you would use the gift. Not rocket science here, but Take the baton from God. Discover the gift. Work at it. Work at it. Develop the gift. But then use the gift by passing it on because that's what it means to use your gift is to use it to pass it on. Pass the importance, the impact. You pass that on so that the church could grow and be nurtured and other people can be lifted up and helped as we go. Pass it on. So there you go. Let me give you just a couple of practical steps. Maybe you need to discover your gift. Well, there's a couple ways you can do that. One is there's a thing called the shape tool, and it's a tool you can go online and just put shape tool in, and it'll come up, and you can take a battery of kind of questions and stuff, and it'll help you to formulate, hey, these look like what could be your spiritual gifts. It'll help kind of go through that. It's called the shape tool, S-H-A-P-E. S stands for spiritual gift. It also talks about the H being your heart, the kind of heart you have. The A is about your abilities, the kinds of abilities and other uh, parts that you have with you. The P is about your personality and character, the type, again, the type of person you are. And then E is for experiences, what God's done in and through your life over time. So S-H-A-P-E, you can go online, take that test, that will help you. That'll help you discover. That's a discovery point. Or we're working right now on uh, providing uh, a class on discovering your spiritual gifts. And in the next few weeks, I hope that we'll have that class available so that you can take that seminar like in one afternoon or in early evening or something. And you can come and we'll go through the shape tool and we'll work through that stuff to help us discover what our spiritual gifts are. So those are, those are two ways you can do it. Go online, watch for that class because it's gonna come. And then uh, the other one is come and talk to the staff. Come and talk to leaders. Come and talk to people who kind of get spiritual gifts. Come and talk and we'll sit down with you and we'll plot out some stuff with you and help you to begin that process of discovery. But it's not just to discover. It is to develop and then it is to use. How many people would really love to see Hope Church grow and develop and become stronger and healthier? Yeah, I mean, all of us would, right? I mean, that's really a no-brainer. All of us would love to see that. All of us really want to see that happen. We really desire for God to keep moving in this place, developing it, making it stronger, healthier. 
But that's really, that's really up to us in allowing God to speak into us and for us to begin to be the people he designed us to be. If you say, ah, that's great, but somebody else can do that, when it comes to your gifted area, I'd go, well, then you're a necessary part that's just become missing. You're a, you're a necessary puzzle piece that has decided not to get in the game of the puzzle. But when we place ourselves in a strategic way into the mix of what God's designing, the puzzle begins to make sense. It takes shape, right? We begin to see a clearer picture of what God's doing. We can understand what it is, but we only get that when we begin to use our giftedness. So today, let me just challenge you and encourage you a bit. If it's your heart's desire to really see this place grow and develop, I think one of the very first things and almost most vital things is for us to say, I, I, I'm in. I'm, I'm going to go for learning. I don't know what my gift is, but I don't want to shortchange God. I'm going to go for learning. I'm going to go for discovering my gift. Or I'm going to go for developing it. I need some help. I need to know where to serve. I need to know how to serve, but I want to serve. I want to help. I want to be a part of that. I want to develop my gift. Or maybe it's for you. It's like you know what your gifts are, but you're just not using them. You've got to find a place to use them because otherwise you're kind of withering spiritually. You want to grow spiritually and be excited and enthusiastic and vibrant in your faith, then use your gifts because that's what will bring you joy. Coming to worship is great. It's awesome. It's, it's a part of what we do. But enacting and living through our gifts is what brings us great joy. So don't miss out on that. Don't miss out on that. Make a difference. Make it happen. We want to make it happen here. Let's pray together. God, thank you that you are a God that knows who we are, knows our puzzle piece, knows our gift mix, knows how we were designed to serve, knows where, that God, that, that each of us would realize today we're necessary, we're vital. Each and every one has a part to play. God, help us to be strong enough to lean on you to say, God, I want to be a part of it. I want to be active in what you're doing here. I want my gifts to impact others so the kingdom will grow. God, we pray in Jesus' name that you would use us to be your church together. We pray that, Jesus. Amen.